Welcome to the LDN Radio Show, brought to you by the LDN Research Trust. I'm your host, Linda Elsigood. I have an exciting lineup of guest speakers who are LDN experts in their field. We will be discussing low-dose naltrexone and its many uses in autoimmune diseases, cancers, etc. Thank you for joining us. I'd like to introduce Nancy from Sydney in Australia. Welcome, Nancy. Oh, it's nice to talk to you, Linda. Could you tell us what you were diagnosed with, Nancy? I was diagnosed with relapsing polychondritis, which is a rather unusual autoimmune disease. Uh, And when were you diagnosed with that? Well, that's the problem. There aren't any blood tests or scans or anything that enable you to be diagnosed. So most people end up having a disease for many years before they finally get a diagnosis. But I think you'd say my diagnosis was three or four years ago. Right. And how old were you then? Oh, I was about 68. And what were your symptoms leading up to your diagnosis? The first symptom I got was about five years ago. I'd just finished a year of treatment for breast cancer and I suddenly got um, pericarditis, which is inflammation of the pericardium around the heart. And within a few days, I was in cardiac tamponade and heading out. Nobody knew what had caused it and my oncologist and my newly acquired cardiologist both decided I had a relapse of cancer and they told my daughter that that her mother's prognosis was hopeless. Oh, dear. But, but I didn't die. So it had a happy ending. <laughs> I did go back to see my cardiologist a couple of years ago. He didn't want to know what was wrong with me now. He wanted to know why I was still alive. What path led you to LDN? Well, this, this pericarditis hung on and on and on. I couldn't get rid of it. Nobody seemed to know what it was. I kept going back to the cardiologist and he didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, there must be something on the net. And so I read and read and read and I found some reports from strange places like Serbia and Israel. And I thought, gee, they seem all right. And so I asked my GP to prescribe um, colchicine, which is used for gout. Right. And I later found out it's an anti-inflammatory and within a couple of days, I no longer had pericarditis. So I thought, oh, gee, this is good, this internet stuff. <laughs> but within a couple of weeks of stopping the colchicine, I got the full set of symptoms for the relapsing polychondritis. And that went on for a couple of years, and nobody seemed to know what it was. So how were you feeling? I was feeling rotten, but I look all right. The problem was you'd go to see a doctor and he'd look at you and you'd think, oh, he thinks I'm a hypochondriac. I was very fatigued. I was sleeping up to 18, uh, sorry, 16 hours a day and I was sore all over. Every muscle, every tendon was sore. Um, my ears were sore and that's, that's one of the, the things that helps you diagnose it. It's because the cartilage all through your body is being attacked. My ears were sore, my nose was sore, my eyes were sore. Uh, my muscles were sore, everything was sore. Mm. It was it was quite painful, mm. but it was classified as mild. <laughs> <laughs> because it's mild, 
you don't get any treatment for it because the treatment for any autoimmune disease, the treatments are quite drastic and mm. can cause a lot more problems than the disease itself. And that was my problem. I had I had nothing to nothing to help me. My immunologist finally said, "Well, you can take Celebrex," and my GP said, "Don't take that stuff." So yeah. there I was back again. So I thought, "Well, I'll go back to internet." <laughs> and kept looking and looking, and I thought, "Well, the end sounds all right." Now I'm not the sort of person that normally takes alternative medicine. I come from a scientific background, and mm. I even work as a you know what I call it, consumer referee for the Cochrane Foundation. So I know what a good piece of research is. Right. But when you've got nothing, mm -hmm. well, you've got to try something. Mm -hmm. And that's why I started to take LDN. Mm -hmm. When did you start taking it? Oh, about 18 months ago. Right. I, um, I did try and get a prescription in Sydney. I couldn't. My immunologist... Well, he, he, he pretended he hadn't heard of it, even if he had. My GP wouldn't prescribe it. I've got two children who are doctors, and they wouldn't prescribe it. Oh. So I thought, well, I'll go and do the India thing. So I bought it from India. Right. And within a couple of days of taking it, I felt great. How has your condition been since you've been on LDN? Has it been stable? Has all those awful pains gone? Really? It's pretty stable. I still have relapsing polychondritis, mm -hmm. uh, but it's nothing as sore. I can go through most days and ignore all the sore bits. If mm -hmm. I go pressing around, I can find them sore and I have to keep lifting my glasses up because my nose hurts and lifting my head in bed at night off the mm -hmm. pillow because my ears hurt. But the first thing was I got rid of that terrible fatigue. And... You know, just having got rid of the fatigue, I felt like a new person. But mm. it was more than that. It was that the inflammation was going. I would imagine not being so fatigued, not having to sleep so much and lying down, that must have helped the, the pain in your body of the pressure of lying, wouldn't it? Oh, no, I don't think, I don't think lying down in bed worries me at all. It was just that, that everything was sore, every muscle, every tendon... Um, and after being on LDN, I could go around and press all my parts of my body and there were nothing as sore and they didn't ache at night and I didn't have to take a painkiller to get me to sleep at night because my, mm. my legs were too sore. Did you experience any side effects when you first started the LDN? Well, I did not sleep as well in the first couple of nights and then I worked out why. I was washing down the LDN with a can of Coke. I don't think the caffeine was a good idea before you go to bed. Not really, and, no. And the other side effect I had was a lovely side effect. I lost a lot of my appetite and I started to lose weight. But right. it was very sad. It didn't last and the weight's gone back on. I'm thinking you'll continue taking LDN, is that right? Oh, yes. I would hate to think what would happen if I went back to what I was. You know, I, I used to sit there and think, Life's not was like living like this. You know, it, it was really, it was terrible. I didn't believe until I got this fatigue that chronic fatigue existed. I thought that people with chronic fatigue had a psychiatric problem. But after I got it myself, I realised that it does exist. Fatigue is, is still a problem for me. And it's hard it's, when you have to make an effort 
to go and have a shower and get dressed. It's easier just it, to sit. Is it, is it still a problem for you? It is, but not as bad as it used to be. I used to sleep like you. I was awake probably four or five hours a day and fall asleep while people were talking to me and I just literally couldn't move. I can still function now, but I, I always feel as though my batteries are flat, if you <laughs> understand what I'm saying. I don't uh, feel I've, don't, I've got the get-up and go I used to have. I probably only have about two or three days a week in which I feel fatigued. I get tired in the evening, but I'm getting older now. I mm -hmm. don't know what it's like to be without <laughs> without this disease and get older. But no, I, I can do so much more now than I could before. And I'm so much more pleasant. Mm -hmm. I must be so much more pleasant. I felt like a bear in a cave before, and please don't nice. come near me. So what do you children think, being doctors and oh, seeing your results? They both congratulated me on finding something that, that worked. Good. I said to my son, who's a, a gastroenterologist, would you be willing to prescribe it for your patients? And he said no. I think for me that research is sufficient for him to be able to prescribe it. Would he prescribe it to you now? I haven't asked him, but my daughter volunteered. She said, look, Mum, if you want me to write you a script for it, that's okay. I said, no, I'm all right, thank you. I'll get Mum from India. <laughs> Mum being seven, hey? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what would you say to other people with autoimmune conditions who are considering trying LDM? Oh, it's worth a try. You know, even if it doesn't work, it's cheap. It has very few side effects, and oh, it certainly is worth a try. Mm. And if they're lucky, they'll get the same effects as me. But most people seem to get these effects. So do you have anything further to add, Nancy? Well, I wanted to tell you about the, the very small things that, that really make a difference in your life. For example, I can now wear earrings. With relapsing polychondritis, your ears um, are affected and my earlobes became swollen and I couldn't find the holes for the stubs. Um, if I went out to a concert, I had to keep chewing gum all the time because my throat was so dry that I kept coughing. I don't think it's made a great deal of difference. Oh yes, my eyes are not as, as dry. Um, I have punked and plugs, but after taking LDN for about six months, my ophthalmologist said to me in surprise, You've got an intact tear film now. Great. That's why my eyes aren't as sore. Over the last few years, my kidney function tests have been dropping and dropping until they're only down to about 50% of what was normal for my age. And after I started to take LDN, they've, well, I've only had one blood test. Went up to 75% and I'm going to have another yearly blood test soon and I hope my kidney function goes up again. Not because my kidneys have been affected, but because, this, my, this is my own hypothesis, the amount of creatine in my blood depends upon how much inflammation I've got in my muscles. If you can get rid of the inflammation, you don't have the creatine in your blood and it's not excreted in your urine. And, and it's not found in your blood. So that I think that that was a false reading. What else have I got? I... Um, I was getting what I think was an irritable bowel, and that's mostly disappeared now. That's about all I can think of for now. Oh, I know. Um, at about 
two years ago I developed lymphedema and that was because four years before that I had the lymph nodes removed under that arm due to breast cancer. Now that stayed on until it was you know, quite stable, mild lymphedema. After I started to take LDN, within three months I no longer had lymphedema. Maybe it was just coincidence? Mm. I don't think so because the, my muscles and tendons in my arm were nothing sore. And with that, the lymphedema disappeared. I think you've got a doctor in um, England, I've forgotten his name. He's a, sort of a worldwide expert on lymphedema and he says that lymphedema is due to inflammation. And right. he believes that things like Crohn's disease are just inflammation. Mm-hmm. And, and so you can imagine if you can, if the LDN removes the inflammation, it gets rid of these diseases too. Mm. Well, so got... I'm, I'm the only person I know of that says that they've got rid of their lymphedema from taking LDN. Well, that's quite an amazing story, Nancy, and thank you very much for sharing it with us. I'd like to introduce Sarah from England, who takes LDN for ulcerative colitis. Thank you for joining me, Sarah. Hi. Could you tell us when you first started to notice there were problems? It was back in 2011. Um, I'd had, in 2011, in March of that year, I'd had a stomach bug that I picked up from travelling to Dubai. In May of the same year, I then developed a couple of blood clots on my leg and lung, which wasn't very pleasant. And then I started taking warfarin. In September of 2011, this is when, when this, the problems for me really, really started. And um, I didn't know it was ulcerative colitis at the time, but I was suffering from acute diarrhea and vomiting at the same time. And I went downhill quite rapidly from, from the September. So in 2011, between September and December of that year, I... I lost about two stone in weight. My hair started to fall out. I couldn't physically go out without rushing to a, to a toilet within about five or ten minutes um, of me either eating something or drinking something. And I was losing a lot of blood and I was very ill. And I was very worried. Mm. So I went to the doctors, as you do, and... The doctors were, could see that you know I, I wasn't looking very well and did actually say to me, I, we're going to have to t- send you for some tests, we're going to have to send you for some colonoscopies, but we need to prepare you for the worst. And I thought, oh, well, that's not very cheery. That's, um, <laughs> you know, that's not, not, not exactly encouraging, just coming up to, to Christmas. And because I was um, going to the toilet so much, and it was very, very painful, and as I said, I... I was just losing control of my bowels. I, I didn't know what was happening to me. I was vomiting. My body was going into shock quite a, quite a bit. Um, I actually asked my siblings in, in, in the Christmas to say to my parents, look, can Sarah, Sarah's going to have some time to herself over Christmas. She's not going to join us for Christmas this year because I'd had a bit of stress going on in my life anyway. And um, she just needs some time to herself. And what I didn't want my parents to see was how ill I was, because I know, especially you know, with them, with your mum, I know that she would have looked at me, seen what was going on, and really, really been upset. So I spent Christmas 2011 on my own, and I was very worried. I thought I had bowel cancer. I thought I was just, you know, that the future wasn't looking very bright at all. 
Mm-hmm. So January 2013, I start the year and I go back to the doctors and unfortunately they lost my notes, they lost my test results, I still wasn't taking any medication for this, it still hadn't been diagnosed, so I'm still going to the toilet, I can't work, my boss was very understanding and really wanted to help me but you know it was a case of what can we do to help because even the doctors couldn't help me they were sending for me for tests I went into I was rushed into hospital by ambulance twice uh, put on a drip um, I had to sort of stay in the A&E department overnight one night because I was just losing um, well I thought it was I thought I was melting <laughs> mm. um, because I was just I was just you know going to the toilet and it seemed as though all of my insides were coming out of me and I was really, really frightened. I mean, it, you're trying to sort of, when something like this happens to you, when you've got ulcerative colitis and you don't really know what's go, what, what's, what it is, you're petrified because you think, what is happening to me? I've got no control over this. Nothing's working for me. What's happening? It's very frightening and you've still got your life to get on with and I had quite a bit of stress going on at the same time. Um, so... That takes me into um, 2012, sorry. In May of 2012, um, I actually moved back home with my parents because I was so ill. And from May 2012 to um, January 2013, I can say that I probably have never been in such a dark place. Um, I was housebound. I couldn't go out in the garden. I couldn't even sit outside because I, ha- I was literally had to be that close to a toilet and I was going 15 times, you know, an hour through the night. I wasn't sleeping. I was ravaged. I was broken. And it's very hard to try and find hope or think of a future when you're that weak and you're that low. And all the doctors were saying to me is, well, you've got ulcerative colitis, your colonoscopy show it's, you know, you're inflamed, you're all your bowel, we may have to remove part of it. We may put you on this drug called a, a zathioprine, which um, is an immunosuppressant drug, which will mean that you're, you've got no immune system and you have to have blood tests every few weeks to make sure that, you know, the white, your white cells in your blood aren't going mad and you're not developing cancer and I thought oh my goodness what's how have I managed to get to this state so it's very very frightening and I'm one of these people where I think I can't I'm not having my life like this I'm not being told that you know there's no future and I'm going to be ill for the rest of my life like this there's no way it's not a quality of life I want to uh, envisage so you go on the internet and you start to search for things and I've looked through everything and I think Linda I've I sort of I've told you sort of before that one of the remedies that I had looked at for um, ulcerative colitis was somebody had mentioned that actually smoking might help and I was that desperate I was that low that I thought okay maybe that's an that's a, a solution <laughs> and I now I can laugh about it because you know I, I'm a lot better but at the time I remember thinking I'm standing outside my parents house it's winter I'm freezing cold and I'm trying to have a cigarette to sort my bowel you know to make me feel better am I going mad and obviously it didn't work and it, I wouldn't recommend that to anybody at all that was just me obviously desperate and I've looked at healing websites and I've looked at all sorts of different things. And somewhere, I can't remember quite how I came across it, but I came across LDN. 
and I'm not joking when I say this to you, Linda, but if it wasn't for, for you know, your website and, and people like you, I literally wouldn't be where I am today, where, you know, my health back. Your website and what you've done and all the information on there was a godsend to me. And I, I remember thinking, there's hope, you know, there's something here, something, there's something in all of this documentation here, all these medical studies, all these case studies, and people are getting better. And I discuss it with my family and I say to my parents, look, you know, there's this drug and should I look at taking it? And everyone's saying, oh, you can't go and do things like that. You can't, you know, if it's not been on the NHS, why isn't it on the NHS? So, you know, your, your mind is in turmoil through all this. Whilst you're still suffering through an illness, you know, the prognosis isn't very good for, for, for people with ulcerative colitis. And I just got to a stage where I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm going to try it because I've got to do something and I'm not taking another something else, some other medication which potentially has more side effects for me than benefits. Um, so that's what I did. But I did a lot of research. And as I said, your website was just essential for me actually trying this drug. If I hadn't, if you hadn't put all your documentation on there, I wouldn't have even bothered, bothered you know, seriously thinking about it. Um, so that's a big thank you from me to you and all your team. Um, at the LGN Research Trust, because you don't know how, you don't know the impact you actually had for me in such a positive way, and I was in such a low place. So I look on the internet and I see that there are doctors out there prescribing it. Some want to charge quite quite a bit of money for a consultation fee, which I didn't have, and I managed to find um, a doctor online who already prescribed it. Um, I ordered it off. Him, I emailed him a few times. I told him about all my all symptoms, and he was so lovely and calming, and said, "Look, try it. This is what we'll start you off at. Then we need to increase it." Um, and it arrived. And you know, I'm, I actually remember the day it arrived in this little package, thinking, "Well, this this is either going to almost kill or kill me," you know. <laughs> um, and and to be honest, I thought, well, I don't care if it does kill me because I don't think I want to carry on waking up day after day in this situation. So let's do it. Two or three days into me taking it, I just thought, oh my god, what have I done? I feel horrendous. I'm worse. All of my symptoms got worse, if that's if that can be believed. The pain got worse. My tiredness got worse. I was rushing to the loo more. And I thought, oh, there you go, Sarah. That's what you've done. You see, you've just proved everybody right. Don't buy anything off the Internet. Don't go and do these things. And I thought, well, I'm halfway, th you know, three or four days in. Literally, it'll either cure me, kill me, but whatever will happen will be over. So I carry on. And by day 10, I was better. I felt better. wasn't healed, but I was better. And I'd gone to the, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd taken, the, taken the drug in the evening and I slept. And I thought, well, I've just slept for three or four hours without going to the toilet. It was, it was like, you know, such an enlightening moment that I actually had managed to have three or four hours sleep. And I thought, wow, I've, I've had some sleep. So I felt better the next day because I'd actually had some sleep and I carried on taking it and my parents and siblings and, and fa family and friends were saying how are you feeling today and I'd be able to smile and I even managed to joke occasionally <laughs> and then I got you know because I haven't had been able to, to to joke or laugh at things because 
every day was black and bleak and just desolate. And as I got better, I managed to go out and go for a, for a walk. And I think, well, I'll just go around the block. And, you know, I, I said to my sort of parents, you know, make sure that I'll go, I'll go for a little walk. But if you see me running, <laughs> just make sure that the, the bathroom's free because that's where I'll be heading. But I was OK. And then I'd go go out a bit longer. I was careful to make sure that, you know, I'd had I knew where any toilets were or disability toilets were on on any route that I was taking. Mm -hmm. But that was 2013. And by May of 2014, literally nearly to the day that I'd been told the previous year before that um, I'd have to take this immunosuppressant drug I went back into the hospital and they're all lovely you know people on the NHS in the UK absolutely smashing people um, couldn't believe it and when I said you know I've been taking LDN they all write it down on little post-it notes and said oh well I have to, I have to research that what's all that about then and I'm thinking well why are you asking me <laughs> I'm the patient you're the expert you're the bowel specialist and you're telling me you don't even know of something that's actually helped me and actually has made me recover. And I've actually I am actually healed. And I've, I've said to you, Linda, as well before that, you know, for me to actually say to people, I am healed. I mean, that's a strong sentence. Mm. But I am. I am. I don't take any medication now. I, I don't take the LDN. I don't need to take it because I'm better. I don't, ha I don't have the problems anymore. And for people out there who are listening to this with any illness, whatever illness you've got, and I, you know, my heart goes out to, to anyone who's in pain, who, who's feeling really low, and people with ulcerative colitis understand this as well because it, I can only discuss the illness I have. There is hope. I am cured. I am better. So if right now, wherever you're listening and you're thinking, I can't go through another day, I can't go through another hour, well, let me tell you something. You can. There's hope here in this little, this little drug and I will shout it out to everybody I can to help people because I am so much better. I go for walks. I can go traveling and I don't have to take anything the other thing that I used to have to take which I think made me worse was Imodium and I used to have to take about three or four packets a, a day to even go if I wanted to try and work or go to a meeting and it made me worse it made me feel absolutely dreadful so to take this little LDN drug which I took some you know um, liquid form Every evening, I'm not very good with medicines, so medicines, I always hate med taking medicines, but every single day I took it, every single day I got better and better. And to be able to be cured from something so devastating within a year has got to be miraculous. And the, the problem is I'm, try I'm sort of struggling to understand why this isn't being used, why it isn't, you know, people aren't taking it, and why people like, you know, the LDN Research Trust have to, to push and get this research out there when really, you know, the, the, the health companies should be looking at this. Um, I, I'm a testimony to something working properly with no side effects. It made me have weird dreams, but um, maybe that's me. <laughs> I'm not sure whether it's the drug, but, you know, I can't speak highly enough of this. And I want everybody out there who's listening, who's just feeling so rotten and miserable, don't give up. You mustn't give up. You must have some hope. Give us another day. Go and do some more research on this. Have a look at the LDN uh, website. Look at all the medical studies. And if you're really worried about taking it, and if you're, if you're thinking, you know what, I want to, but I'm so worried, and I'm so scared, and then, you know, 
I, I will give my email address to Linda. I will put my stuff on the, on the, on the website. You can contact me because if you can just get better and feel, even if you feel half of way better than you do right now, it's got to be better than what you're doing, especially if you're not doing anything at all. So I'm here to help now. I'm here to sort of help anybody who's got any medical problems, who's so worried and, and just can't go on. You can go on because we're here to help you. And I'm proof of that. So anybody who wants to just say, look, Sarah, please, um, what shall I do? Shall I take it? Shan't I? Email me. Talk to me because I've done it. And I want to, you know, help other people. It's such a fantastic drug. And, you know, all they need to do is ch change the medication, maybe make it taste chocolatey a bit or something like that. <laughs> and then uh, and then we can, we can go from there. But it really has helped me. Um, so, you know, Linda, if, if you've got any other questions for me, then, then let me know. Well, but, you, uh, you've said absolutely everything, Sarah. There is nothing more that I could, I could ask you. And thank you so much for sharing your experience with not a problem at all you know I, as i said i want people to understand it when you're and you know this linda from yourself you've been ill as well when you're in a dark place it's a very very bad place to be and you can't see you can't see the next few hours ahead of you let alone the next few days the next few years anything you can't plan that far ahead and there are people who will be sat there at home now, whether they're going to bed, whether they're waking up and they're just thinking, I can't go on. I can't. Well, right now you can. And you can lean on me and you can lean on the LDM Research Trust and we will help you. So so that's all I'm going to say. I want, you know, maybe Linda in a couple of weeks time, we'll have another one of these conversations and we'll see if anyone's contacted us and see if anyone else has, um, you know, tried or, or done anything. And we're here to help. I'm here to help. I'm I'm happy and I'm healthy. Um, I'm not saying my life is perfect, but on the health side of things, I am so, so happy that I, I managed to find this drug and I, and I want other people to feel better as well. So that's all I'll say. And as I said, if, if, you, if you want to contact me, then contact the LDM Research Trust, contact Linda. I'll put my details there and um, let's see where we go. I'd like to introduce Sue from Wales, who takes LDM for multiple sclerosis. Thank you for joining me, Sue. Hello. Could you tell us when it was you first noticed that there was something wrong with you? It was about seven years ago um, when I was 44. No, 45. That's right, because I gave up smoking when I was 45. And it's around about then that I started noticing that I didn't feel right, which is rather strange. I've been trying to give up smoking for ages. Apparently, that's not brilliant for MS. MS is what I'm taking LDN for, by the way. Mm -hmm. And um, the, the symptoms that I first noticed were like um, difficulty gripping. A, a lot of difficulty gripping. Not a, not um, not so as you'd think there was anything much wrong with you at first, but it just gradually, very, very gradually. I think you call it insidious. I think that's a good way of describing it because it really does creep up on you. I couldn't grip. I was tending to drop things, and I felt as if I was walking on ice. Um, you know when it's icy, um, you sort of you're worried about falling all the time because it's icy and slippery. Well, I felt like that even when it wasn't icy and slippery. Mm -hmm. uh, when it was icy and slippery, I was, was like a like an 80-year-old, you know, like not able to walk properly and, and so frightened, you know, absolutely convinced that I was going to fall all of the time. 
And like I said, I was dropping things and I was jerky. Um, I went to the doctors and um, at first I was just um, given some blood tests, uh, which didn't show us, showed that I was fine, supposedly, which I wasn't. Um, so I went, I left it for about a year and I started a new job, a full-time job that was very, very stressful. Um, I just had a complete nosedive and I got a lot worse quite quickly. Well, I only lasted eight months in that job and I went back to the doctors um, who decided what what she did, she was marvellous. She actually did me a test uh, where she sort of put her hand on the bottom of my foot and pushed it. And then they test your reflexes as well. And my reflexes were so weird. Like like normally when you when you do that reflex thing on your knee, your leg just jerks a little bit. Well, mine was mad. You know, it was really, really strong, really strong. Um, apparently, that that's a real big clue. So she sent me off to a neurologist and off I went. Not much of a wait, fair play, to a neurologist um, who immediately decided he knew what it was. He didn't say it at the time, but he knew. And um, there's something when you can't feel your hands properly. I can't remember the name of it. But there's a TV program called Body of Proof, and the girl in it actually had this. That's it, paresthesia? Paresthesia? I think that's it. And I typed that in, and this was one of the first things that came up. So I went back to the doctors, and he sent me for a... M- uh, what is it, the um, the scan? MRI? Uh, M- That's the one, yes, thank <laughs> you. Um, for an MRI scan, and I, he went back in, and he, he told me, I was with my mum, and he told me that, now this was in 2011, I was 49 then, and my husband was 50. It was a great 50th birthday present for him to find out that his wife had multiple sclerosis, primary progressive. Um, which is the type that you get diagnosed with generally when you're older. Um, so just to make sure, they decided to send me for a lumbar puncture, which it's it's quite nasty, a lumbar puncture, but if you curl up really tight and keep really still, you can get through it quite well. I did have a panic attack after that one when I came home, but everything was okay. Um, after that, after my diagnosis, which was pretty straightforward, um, I started work part-time, which was better for me. But still, um, I was very slow, very, very slow in every way. I walked slowly. I I just did everything slowly. I, I, I'm, it's like I still work, but slowly. Mm-hmm. And I, I have plans, plans to walk off a dike and, and to do quite a bit of walking. I bought my walking boots and I was thinking about it and then I discovered that I couldn't even walk the length of the close of the nearest beach anymore. Um I get back I'd, I'd have to I'd have to pick my legs up to get them into the car. And I but I wasn't breathless. It, it doesn't make you breathless. And I um actually one thing for years I've choked on my food regularly and I never ever I just thought I was like a clumsy eater. And I was trying to breathe and eat at the same time. But apparently that's a symptom of MS as well. So in February last year, I thought, well, the doctors, they've got nothing. There is absolutely nothing at all officially for M- for primary progressive. Uh, but there's a doctor locally um, who prescribed it. But he also wanted to do a thorough um, investigation. And he wanted you to go on the paleo diet and all sorts of other things, which I didn't really want to do. 
So I've heard of eMed, which is an online um, doctor's, and they will give you a prescription for LDN. And all you've got to do is register for it. And then you put some questions, some answers into some questions. And then you um, get a letter from your doctor. It can be an already existing letter. You don't have to get a special one. Send that off to them. Scan it and send it. Then you just have to send it physically. And they will give you a prescription. And there's a lot of information there on eMed for you as well. Uh, which tells you that you start off on a very low dosage, which I did. I started off on 1.5 milliliters, but it's like milligrams, 1.5 milligrams. Um, So I I signed up in February. Was it February this year? Yes, February this year I signed up. And I didn't actually, because my daughter's in the NHS and she wasn't really very approving of it, but by this time, my, my symptoms had got so bad, I thought I was going to have to give up work completely. And I was so um, angry all of the time and, and so nervous, really nervous. I actually went for counselling, which helped, but there's only some counselling can help you, to be honest. Um, but I was nervous, nervous, really, really nervous all the time. I'm still a bit nervous, but I'm a lot better now. Um, so, yes, but for me until July, I think I've just... Up. I've got it written down here. I think it was early July I started taking it. One and a half milliliters, or one and a half milligrams for two weeks. And then you go up to two milligrams for two weeks. And you just keep going up and going up until you feel that you're on a good dosage. So some of the symptoms, LDN didn't help. But um, the main symptom, I, I was much more lighthearted. I, uh, the anxiety didn't completely go, because I mean, I've always been an anxious person, even before MS. Um, it didn't go, but I was a much, much more lighthearted, and everybody, everybody noticed how much easier I was. Um, I, I didn't fly off the handle at the slightest thing quite so much, and I was just calmer and happier, and um, the fatigue went. I, I was still, you know, I wasn't perfect, but I was a lot less fatigued. I could do, do a lot more. I felt amazing. I got the spring back in my step. Um, and that, literally, it took a month. Um, so really, now I'm, I'm progressing. Sometimes you, you can, if you overdo it, you can still take a turn for the worse. Because I'm not brilliant at the moment because I have been overdoing it. That's the trouble. LGN is so good. It's, it's, it acts quickly, but it also acts slowly. It, it immediately makes you feel better, but you, you, you start feeling better, and then you start feeling better and better. But, but, but beware, you, you can still feel worse than if you're not careful. And I'm in a bit of a dip at the moment, but um, I'm carrying on. I'm on three milligrams now, and I'm, I'm going to take a couple of days off work and, and change to three and a half, I think, to see how I go with that. Um, so that's me at the moment. It's definitely helped me a lot. It was like an absolute miracle. I, I thought my life was over. So but taking LDN has given me my life back. That's it. So what would you say that LDN has done for you if you have to, to list the changes that you've noticed? Lightheartedness rather than extreme, not depression, um, but extreme anxiety mm-hmm. I, I would worry about everything um i've always been a worrier but 
MS just sent it, sent it mad. I'd worry about, you know, I'd, I'd pass somebody in the street and I think they were going to cross over and die. It was awful. I was just so awfully anxious. It took away the anxiety. It, it, it took away a lot of the anxiety. And it gave me a lot more energy. It took away quite a lot of the numbness because I was experiencing some numbness. It didn't take away the banding. Um, I don't know if most of you probably heard of banding if you've got MS. It didn't take that away, unfortunately, but I'm going to probably try magnesium for that. I feel that's good. So the one it didn't help with banding, but everything else, I would say everything else it helped with. Uh-huh. What about the uh, swallowing? Yes, that's one I didn't, that, well, that was one because I've heard that for so many years. That was one I didn't, I definitely don't choke as much. Mm-hmm. There's, no, there's no doubt about that. That's one I didn't pick up on, but no, I hardly ever choke now. Um, whereas I used to with alarming regularity, so much so that if my family sort of noticed me coughing around the dinner table, they'd just ignore it. Mm-hmm. And if we had guests around, the guests would be absolutely terrified. <laughs> But um, no, that's um, that's not a problem anymore. And what about getting in the no, car? A... Oh, I'm I'm fine. But um, yes, I can walk further, and so yeah, that's the same. I I don't have to lift my legs to get in the car anymore. Uh, bear in mind that I stopped walking so far, so the lifting my legs when I got in the car was a side effect of me walking too far when I was bad. But now I can walk farther without having to. So it's more of the fact I can walk farther. I can uh, I can take a lot, a lot more. I can do a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, because what it was that I was managing my MS really well, but I had no life. But now I find I've actually got a life. Oh, that's so wonderful. I can actually do, do things that I couldn't do before. You know, well, I, I, it, it creeps up on you, MS. It creeps up on you so slowly. You don't realise how little you're doing. Mm. You you just don't notice how little you're doing, and it, it it's it's like an absolute miracle when you feel when you find that you can do things again, and and you just feel like superwoman. <laughs> you really do, you really do, because it's it's just amazing that you can do things that you just take for granted that you would never be able to do again. I am so pleased for you, and I'm sure everybody else will be as well. And thank you for sharing your story with us. Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.